The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I am your host, Raider Greg. Well, we got crapped on by the Eagles, literally. But we got a game this week against the Giants. The G-Man, yes, we're going to New York City. That's right. That and more here on show 391. All right, Raider Nation, on today's show, we will have Incognito. Boy, they are just thriving on this door. The media just can't get enough. I'm going to tell you what I think. And, of course, the post game for the caca, caca. The Eagles, man, they took a huge eagle crap right on the Raiders, man. It was a brutal game to see. Our next stop, New York City. That's right. The Raiders travel to beat the G-Men. That's what I mean. They're going to be ready. They better be ready because the G-Men, hey, man, we've seen them recently in the recent past here, and they ain't no pushovas for show. So that and the bone line should wrap it up for the show. We got a hell of a bone line. We have some classic callers, some of my very favorites. Stay tuned for that. And that should do it. So, let's roll out! Roll out. Roll well, Raider fans, whenever I want to be, so dumb, so ignorant... So disrespectful and an absolute buffoon. Well, I like to be incognito. Look, the mainstream media has beat this thing to death. It is now just a horse carcass being pummeled around by a couple of punks in the mainstream media, and it will continue to get beat and, you know, exposed and everything else. I'm not taking away from the gravity and the drama, because there's a lot of drama here, folks. Let me just explain something to all football fans, because there's a lot of young fans out there. Listen, man, the NFL was never started as a powder puff league or a, you know... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mutually respectable already it was a bunch of grueling hard-working blue-collar guys that grew up in a very racially charged country and it was brutal in the locker room don't let these guys fool you they want the nfl to be polished like a turd it's a turd it's part of society it shows great strides A lot of great things have happened in the NFL as far as race and all kinds of cool things. But let me tell you, in the day, it was brutal. Up until the 80s, even the 80s, the coaches could say some of the most brutal things to players. I'm sure it might even continue now. But I know up till then, my good friend Gene Taylor, who was in training camp at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, telling me the truth and what went down 
right there on the field. The way the coaches would talk to you. They were trying to motivate players. They were trying to get some damn results, and it didn't really matter how you got there. Three-a-days in Tampa Bay heat. They used to hold them out for water. Come on, man. So here we have a very poorly chosen uh, individual that's supposed to maybe motivate this young kid. You know, he couldn't pick a worse guy. Incognito. I hate him, and I don't know that much about linemen, but of all the linemen... I've known he was the dirtiest lineman for years. He's a punk. He's grown up a punk, and he's going to be a punk until some huge life-changing experience, perhaps like this one, opens his fat eyes so he can see what he's doing and how he's hurting people. Bill Romo Romanowski, five-time Super Bowl champion and resident bad boy. Rod Woodson, 11-time pro bowler who created nightmares for opposing quarterbacks. What happens when you put them together? It's the football hour on the wheelhouse, and the NFL conversation starts now on 95.7 The Game. This promises to be one of our better 60 minutes, and that's saying something because we've had some great stuff happen in the football hour. Rod and Romo, Rod Woodson, of course, a Hall of Famer. Bill Romanowski, four-time Super Bowl champion, John Lund, and, of course, the voice of the Raiders, Greg Papa. For the next 60 minutes, we'll get into a bunch of stuff. We're going to jump right into the, the Richie Cognito versus Jonathan Martin discussion. We were just talking about it off the air. Promises to be great. Uh, where to begin? Where to begin? I was a rookie, and there was a guy that called me out every day for about two weeks. His name was Charles Haley. I'm using names, Rod. Sorry about that. That's on you, bro. Okay, it is on me. Okay. <laughs> and I said this in my book, so this is public. He every day harassed me. I said, let's walk outside. And I promise you, you will not walk back in that door. It just continued. And I got more and more fired up. And then we go out, and we're in a special teams practice. And he lines up over me, and Charles had this thing about him that he used to try to take a guy and just dog him in practice. And he tried to dog me. But guess what? I grabbed him by the face mask, and I hit him about 10 times and dropped him. Okay? And never again was there an issue. It was over with. Still to this day, Charles and I don't have a problem. I took it out. And I ended it myself on the field, my way. When when you say he dogged you for two weeks, two what, weeks, what would he do? Uh, oh, rookie, you're a P and mm -hmm. with a Y. I heard that over and over and over again. And this was what he he picked out a guy every year that he wanted to pick on. Eventually, it was Tim Harris who wasn't a rookie that he just couldn't handle Tim's ego. Those two clashed, and eventually he got himself traded to the Cowboys because of Tim Harris. So what's what's your – is it acceptable what happened in Miami? Um, no. I just think there's – Rod, there's a different culture in football. You know, this is something that, you know, there would be – there would be, you know, a lawsuit in businesses all across America if – this kind of mentality happened in an office. 
okay? It's wrong what happened. Don't get me I'm in no way will I stand up for what happened. Dead wrong what happened. But there is a different culture within football. You know, I, I, I look at what Richie said to him, and I, I think it's disgusting. I'm Be, biracial. Beyond disgusting. You know, I, I'm, I don't agree with it. Do I agree with them suspending him? Absolutely. This is my point. Every individual, every human being is different, right? We don't know what he went through as a kid. We don't know what he went through in his life. So to think it's all about them getting up on the tray and all the other stuff he said, it's probably a part of that. But there's an underlying issue here. And I think that's a bigger point. Um, You know, I think it has no place for the workplace. I don't care about the culture. It's unacceptable in any avenue. I don't care if it's sports. I don't care if it's in your home. I don't care if you're walking down the street. It's unacceptable. I'm glad they did something about it. I'm glad that they suspended Richie Incognito. You know, hopefully he can find some help. And hopefully there is no underlying issue with him and race. You know, that's the end of the day. In the locker room, is everybody going to get along? Absolutely not. You got 53, 60-something guys. Everybody's not going to get along. But to say those type of ideas and text them to your guy, voicemails and whatnot, absolutely wrong in this league. In life in general, absolutely wrong. All right, take us through... Just just the culture in a locker room, because we know that Eric Allen joined us yesterday. He was he was talking about when Charles Woodson was a rookie, and Rich Gannon has spoken out on his radio show about this. And, you know, rookies are going to pay X amount of dollars, and Woodson paid, what, 25, 30 grand for, for, a, for a, a, a dinner. I mean, those kind of things happen. So what's the line? What is, what is too far? Are those dinners too far? Is is uh, is donuts or chicken too far? What's what? No, what is no, the no. Line? That, What's that, acceptable? That's the norm. And you brought it up earlier, you know, and you made mention to it. As salaries got larger, guess what? The dinners they went from your regular, you know, Arby's <laughs> to you know, it just kept getting up and up and up to where then it was a Ruth Chris and it was Dom Perignon. And it was a ten thousand dollar dinner to a thirty thousand. I've 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 witnessed some very very large checks being written by guys as their salaries if they were first rounders and they made multi million dollars in their contracts. Yeah, you know, rookies gonna they're gonna make rookies bring their helmets in. You know, I was a rook first round pick. I had to bring in donuts, had to buy the dinner, had to have the party, and all that stuff. That's completely freaking different than what we're talking about here. And I'm talking about what happened with Richie and I don't know about the, and I don't know if they go on a dinner or making him pay money. I don't know if that had an issue or had an effect on him or not. To point today, I don't know if it did. He hasn't said it had an issue. So I'm not really sure. Uh, that's a part of the business. Uh, yes, they have increased. You know, they've gotten kind of crazy with it. But at the end of the day, if you're a rook, you don't have to pay that. I mean, you don't have to pay you forty thousand dollar dinner bill. I know. I'll tell you this: if I was but a then rookie, you're not, but then you're not listen, a guy listen, on listen, the team, listen, right? Yeah. I'm gonna you. just made fifty million for you to write a forty thousand dollar check. That's not too many rookies are making fifty million as quarterbacks. No, no, no. no. Sam Bradford and Jamarcus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is now. You know, Rolando McLean. But yes, think about geez. it. And at the end of the day, 
honestly, if you don't have to do it if you're a rookie. You do it because you want to be a part of the system. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I know if, if I was a rookie and somebody told me, you're going to take this $40,000 check, I would have been like, fruit. No, I'm not. Mm-hmm. We'll be fighting the rest of our lives because I'm not paying this $40,000 check. We'll be going washing dishes together because I'm not paying it, bro. Love you. Want to be a part of it? I'll pay a portion of it, but I'm not giving up 40 Gs. I just think incognito is a dumb shit. I think he's a dumbass. I think he thought he was above it all because he was kind of sanctioned, I would I would think, by the organization to motivate, quote-unquote, this young player and other players like him. Yeah. You know, Greg, you I, I, I thought you brought up a good point is – are the coaches behind this? There's a lot. There's some to motivate Jonathan Martin. Oh, they're quite. There's a lot. I heard the head coach speak yesterday, and I'm like, you know what? This something just seemed feels, a little off. You feel it felt he, dirty. He's a really, he's a really it, good speaker. He is a he good speaker. A little, and you know what? He, he may was be, very he, careful. He may be thinking he's careful the, the what, words what, he used because the whole world's watching. Yes. Just the point I was making, Rod. And you grew up in a different football world than maybe Bill did with the Steelers. But uh, the outside world just doesn't realize the motivating tools that are used from the top of the organization. And Bill Walsh is legendary for being very tough on his coaches. And the coaches are tough on the, the players. I'm just saying, Jonathan Martin came into the NFL with a reputation for being a soft guy. He's not your typical Don't draft standard. Tra- hey, okay. tra- you guys, well, Trevor, but no but, drafting. But they, okay, but he's Whoa. not your typical Stanford Mauler. Is it not possible that a old line coach went to Incognito, who's the leader of that offensive line, and said... Would you get that Stanford softy to play a little harder? And maybe Incognito went way overboard. Greg, Greg, I played in Philadelphia where we had a defensive back who was drafted in the second round, a Notre Dame kid, and our, I'll just say one of our coaches. I won't say the name right now. I want to say it, but I'm not going to. And he told me to give him something so he could give that guy every day in practice so he could have a good practice so he wouldn't look bad because he was responsible for drafting him. It goes all the way up. Now, I'll tell you, some people are very sensitive. I'm sure this isn't the first time, and I'm sure players aren't going to say a lot about it, but listen, hazing at the Raiders, they bring chicken. The, the rookies have to bring chicken on the away games, on the bus, to the airplane. It's pretty cool. It's very funny. But there's never anything that I've ever seen as far as close to being disrespect in that manner on the Raiders. So I know we don't have a problem there, thank goodness. Coach, Richie Incognito has been suspended indefinitely. And the whole hazing thing, I'm not sure how much you've been keeping up with the Miami Dolphins and the deal with Jonathan Martin. But I know in your own houses, we talk to people and and Rick and I constantly, hey, what are you doing to the rookies? You've pretty much taken hazing out of the Raiders. Why have you done that? Why do you think it was important to do that for your club? Well, I just feel like that, that, you know, at some point, 
during this year, we're going to need all 53 players on the roster. Uh, and we're one big team together. We're one big family together. And, and I know that there's going to be times where we, we're going to hit some some rough spells just like we are today. And uh, uh, we're going to need that family to bond closer and closer together. And uh, I just think that it, it, it creates a distraction and it creates a um, you know, an environment really for those rookie players that, uh, you know, you want to give them the best environment that they can get better in, the best environment that they can improve in, because we're all going to count on those guys at some point in time to step up and make plays for us, and, and uh, uh, you just want to give them the best opportunity to do that. You know, the guy made a mistake. He is an asshole, and perhaps, yes, he does deserve to lose his job. But let's not kid ourselves and thinking that this is something that's totally out of the way, because the NFL, man, has been riddled with this buzz shit for a long time, and perhaps now it's time to bring it on out so we can get it on out of the league entirely, and uh, that is really all I have to say about that. You know, I hate doing post-games like this, but I got to. All right, it's the post-game for the Philadelphia Eagles. Caca, caca. They crapped on the Oakland Raiders, and I'm going to tell you why. Well, let me tell you about the tailgate first, because it was, well, it was off the chain. It was a very good tailgate. It was a lot of fun. My good friend, Keith Smith. The Crusader Raider came from London. Diehard Essex Raider up in the house. We had the Australian Nightmare, Oscar. <laughs> he was up in there, too. We had Colorado Chris, Raider Mike. I mean, Juan the Bandito. It was a blast. What a party. And there were a ton of Eagle fans. You know, of all the other fan bases in the league, I don't mind the Eagles, honestly. They're tough. They're mean, they're nasty, and they remind me a lot of the Raider Nation, uh, the only stadium in stadium history that had a judge and a jail uh, before they constructed the new new stadium they have currently. Great fans, great people. It's very, very cool. And so <laughs> let's move on to this Frickin' nightmare. Temperature in the 60s. Let's set down to the field and Jennifer Hale. Well, Chris, there is a genuine belief and excitement here in Oakland that Dennis Allen has finally turned the corner. I've been visiting with fans in the black hole to get their perspective. Yes, I waited in and out of here successfully. And the main reason they have hope for the future is Terrell Pryor. Al Davis's final draft pick, his last big stamp on this team. And these fans tell me he is the reason they have a belief in the future, Chris. All right, thanks, Jan. Terrell Pryor on offense, smoke and mirrors is how they've described the offense so far. Foles for Riley Cooper. End zone, touchdown! Foles looking in the end zone. Throws there. Touchdown, Eagles! Zach Ertz, the rookie from Stanford. Jennings, touchdown, Raiders! Wide open, LaShawn McCoy dashing to the end zone! A 25-yard touchdown catch and carry 
And Nick Foles has five touchdown passes today. And Dennis Allen knows it. This up-tempo, this high-energy, this fast-paced offense forces your defense into mental errors. Nobody covered LaShawn McCoy. Foles is going deep sideline. Deshaun Jackson is alone for another Eagle touchdown. Foles has it. Throws end zone. Touchdown, Riley Cooper. That's seven for Nick Foles. Seven touchdown passes today. And that equals an NFL record. Well, there's been calling of the coach's head. I mean, I, for one, am pissed. I mean, let's just look at the Raiders and where we thought we would be during training camp. I mean, we're doing a lot better than I thought. But like all of us, we just expect that greatness when it's happening to continue through the season. The consistency. At least see some improvement building here and there. But when you have a game like this, when you're attempting to make a team and solidify these portions of your offense and defense, this is a kick in the frickin' teeth. I mean... Come on, man. Let me hear what Dennis Allen has to say because, well, I want you to hear it because when I heard it, I was like, really? Really? Check it out. I'm very disappointed uh, in, in the way that we played. Uh, you know, I've got to do a better job of making sure that our team's uh, emotionally, physically, mentally uh, prepared and, and ready to go. Obviously, we didn't. We didn't hold up our end of the bargain. Uh, now we also realize that we're uh, we're a better football team than what we displayed out there today, and we've got to be better than that. And we'll go back to work. We'll get ready to uh, uh, go up to New York and compete against the New York Giants, and uh, we'll put a better product on the field. But uh, just really overall uh, disappointed. Obviously, defensively, uh, way 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 too many uh, explosive plays uh, down the field. And, you know, to beat a team like this, you know, you can't. That was one of the things that we talked about all weeks is uh, being able to win the explosive plays battle. And uh, they won it, and we didn't. So uh, we just got to be better. Why weren't you able to put any pressure on Foles? Well, a couple times we weren't able to put pressure on him because, you know, we dropped into a three-man rush on a couple of those. Uh, I thought they did a great job in, in, in protection. And, uh uh, he did a nice job on a couple of plays of being able to move around and, and uh, uh, buy some time. But we just, you know, we tried, we tried some five-man pressure. We tried some four-man pressure. We tried some max drop. And uh, really, at the end of the day, none of it worked. I don't think it was the pace. I think they, I think they came out and they executed. They did a nice job. You know, the, uh, obviously, the, what was the second play of the game? You know, they hit Riley Cooper on a little, you know, it was kind of a run-pass option. And... and uh, uh, they did a nice job of executing it. We, we didn't exactly play it the way we needed to and get the ball turned back inside. And uh, they got a big play in the game, kind of got us behind the eight ball, and we never really were able to uh, kind of come back from it. And there was a lot of big plays in the game. Had got a little momentum going our way. We had them in a longer yardage situation. Uh, and, you know, we, we were in a max drop there on that particular one, and, and he had enough time to end up finding the open receiver. And, completed it for the first down. You know, that would have been a big stop for us if we were able to, you know, be able to get off the field right there, make them punt when they're a little bit in a backed-up situation. Maybe we can get something going. But, um, you know, really, we we just got beat today. You know, really in all phases, I mean, we just weren't able to, uh, we weren't able to, to, to do the things we needed to do to have success. Um, 
and we got to be better. Well, listen, all right, number one uh, is I still got a lot of confidence in this defense. I think this defense is still a good defense, okay? We had a bad day, all right? That happens. Happens to everybody. You go out and you have a bad day. You don't do what you're capable of doing, uh, and that's what happens. Um, this defense is a bunch of men in that locker room. They'll come back. They'll respond, uh, and they'll be better next week. Yeah, you know, really, listen, there's not a whole lot you can tell them, you know, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, that was a, a an old-fashioned butt whooping. Okay, so we had a bad day, okay? <laughs> uh, he also said we had uh, a good old-fashioned ass whooping, which is what he should have said from the very beginning. Having a bad day. Losing your house keys or your car keys, well, that's a bad day, okay? This was like having your freaking house burned to the ground. That's the difference between a bad day and the day the Raiders had against the Eagles. All I heard, and even up till this day, is how Nick Foles is one of a very few quarterbacks to ever throw for 70 Ds in a game, and who the fuck do you think he did it on? He did it on the Raiders. You know, I was so, so sad. I was happy. We had none of this bullshit. And excuse me as I freaking rant, but come on, man. This team has been trying to climb out of the sewer and shaking shit off the shoes for the last few steps, hoping we can just clear that whole thing away and not be bothered by new NFL records, lows, that is. And here we go, allowing Nick, who the hell is this kid, Foles, to come into Oakland and slap us with seven touchdowns. Come on, man. I mean, what a buzzkill for the Raider Nation. What a freaking buzzkill. Just when you think we have an opportunity to improve in all different facets of our team, when you think, yes, this this young staff has got the things going on, and we, we're moving forward. We have an epic, an epic fuck-up, man. This game lays on the defense. Lamar Houston joining us here on 95.7 The Game. John London, Greg Pop, we're live at Raiders HQ. Um, you had to be as shocked as anybody of what happened last week uh, against the Eagles. You guys have had a, a great defense. You played well all year long. Uh, didn't get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Guy throws seven touchdowns, ties an NFL record. How how surprising was that? Well, you know, it's, it goes to show that you, you have to prepare for everybody in this NFL like it's it's the it's the the game for the playoffs because everybody in this NFL is capable of winning. So you have to prepare like that every Sunday, and it was it was shown that we didn't prepare that well that weekend. We were obviously either feeling ourselves or thinking that we could just roll our hat out and go get the win, and um, that that wasn't how it ended up. And you know they have a good football team with Nick Foles at quarterback and their coach Chip Kelly. So you know it proves that we need to work every week if we want to have success in this league and we want to reach our goals. We can't just try and have a week and think that we're on a roll winning and that we're going to go out there and just jump out and win because we've been winning. So, you know, we definitely have to keep understanding that we have to put in work progressively every day. It surprises me to hear you say that. So you really believe you guys weren't prepared for the game or at least from a, a mental standpoint you weren't it's, on edge like that, you were against Pittsburgh, Lamar? It's not that we weren't prepared game plan-wise, but I think that as players 
maybe we weren't pre- prepared to bring the type of energy we need to bring to win a football game. And um, it showed out there on the field. Uh, like he said, Nick Foles scored seven touchdowns. He set an NFL, he tied an NFL record with Peyton Manning, and um, we just didn't play very well as a defense. Uh, John was talking about the pass rush, and I think early in the game you tried to go get him, and then you tried to rush three and drop eight. But, I mean, they get the ball out so fast. It's a five-man protection. They send five out in the route, and boom. I mean, did you feel like, I, 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 how can I get there in 1.7 seconds? The ball's out. Yeah, yeah no, um, they obviously did a great job of, uh, you know, understanding where they want to go with the ball and how long it's going to take them to get from point A to point B. And, uh, you know, on the D-line, we can do a better job of working our game plans that Coach Tarver gives us and Coach Williams gives us. And, you know, we have to stick to that. And for us to have success on the D-line as a group, we have to understand that we have to execute our rush plans that Justin Tarver gives us or we have to execute our D coordinator gives us. We have to execute our rush plan that our our D-line coaches implement or we're not going to have success. Uh, Lamar Houston joining us. I'm not saying this is a good thing because obviously it's not, but can it – you guys had played so well up to that point. Can it kind of shake you, as you said, maybe you got a little bit complacent because can that kind of shake you back into, hey, we need to make sure that every week we are focused and getting this done? Oh, it's most definitely a wake-up call. It's it's a wake-up call to let you know that you can't – there's no time for you to to lax and, and, and not think that you can't come out emotionally prepared to play a big game. Or, or mentally prepared to play a big game. And um, when I say lax, I mean, I, I don't want people to take it the wrong way because guys aren't just around here, you know, relaxed and chilling. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying as far as the way you take your steps of preparation for that week, it needs to be, you know, with a sharp, keen mind. And you have to understand where you're going to have to be on Sunday when that whistle blows and when that ball's kicked, where you're going to have to be emotionally, mentally, physically, and game plan-wise. So I think that guys understand that, and we're back, and we're working hard this week, and we're going to have a lot of success. Jason Tarver, your coordinator, was he was talking about this game to me for months because he faced this offense at Oregon when he was at Stanford, mm-hmm. uh, and we saw how fiery he can, he can get during a game. Uh, what was he like after the game? Is he the kind of guy to air you guys out? Does he just say, look at it? I mean, what do I have to say? How, how, how did he handle you guys on Monday watching the film? You know, you know Coach Tarver, is a, he's a passionate coach, and he loves the game. So, you know, it, it, it makes him upset when we can be successful, and he knows we can be successful. And then we have a game like that where we know we can play well as a defense, and we don't go out and play as well. It's just it's kind of frustrating to him, and you can see it because he has such big belief in the guys in the room, and he knows what we're capable of that he gets disappointed by the product that we put out there. So, you know, after the game, he was just telling us, you know, we're capable of doing these things, guys. We just have to do them. You know, we have to execute our game plan. We have to execute, you know, whatever whatever your job is in the call, play the play and execute it, and we'll be all right. And, um, you know, he, he mentioned that several times after – after going on the, over the film on Monday with us about the different things that we do do well that we should have done well in that game. And um, that's basically the, uh, the, the, the point of view he came from. This game lays on the defense. It lays on them big time because Nick falls through long balls all over DJ. I'm a first-round pick, but I ain't worth it, Hayden. All day long, like every team has done uh, all year. 
They've been throwing at this kid all the time. You know why? Because he gives it up. He opens those butt cheeks. He gives it up. Uh, Coach, I I don't want to pass over this. We have seen how this defense has played. Uh, We had a feel for the the lack of uh, scoring that Philadelphia had coming into the game. Help us pinpoint why this happened on Sunday? Why uh, a a vaunted or uh, Raiders defense gave up that many points to this Philadelphia Eagles offense? Well, yeah, because it's the National Football League, and uh, and every week's a different week. And and this was a team that was the fifth rated uh, offense in the National Football League coming in. They'd played two games back to back, in which their starting quarterback had gotten injured. And uh, and they had really kind of gone to their third team uh, quarterback, and they 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 didn't you know they didn't execute as well. That's the same thing you know, uh, and that's the same thing that I'm saying now. We went in, we didn't play to, to our capabilities. We played against a team that played really well, and that's the way it is in the NFL. Uh, a lot of times people get all caught up in records, and you know this team doesn't have a winning record, and so they're not very good, and that's just not the case. Uh, teams in the National Football League can win on any given day, any given Sunday. Um, and and uh and we gotta go out and, and, and put a good product on the field. Uh, you know, week in and week out we can't sit back and look at you know, and think that just because we've we've done some some solid things over the last couple of weeks that we're just gonna go out there and stop somebody. The head coach of the Raiders stops by Buger and Towney every single Monday at three fifteen. Dennis Allen is with us and there's been a lot of discussion, especially before the start of the year, Chip Kelly's fast paced offense. How will it work in the NFL? I mean coach their time's taking notes yesterday as I'm taking a note, I look up they're already snapping the ball. How much did their pace affect you? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously that's part of the scheme of what they do, and I thought that, you know, that obviously had an effect. I mean, it really, uh, you know, it makes it makes your communication uh, be at a premium. You don't have as long to to, uh, to look at the team as they're on the ball to try to figure out the clues of what they might be doing on that particular play. And uh, but. Uh, but I think really it boiled down to is 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 uh, they went out and executed their plays and 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 they made the plays that they were in position to make and and we didn't and uh, uh, we you know we got to look at that we got to try to make those corrections I got all the confidence in the world in those guys that we got down the locker room and the type of people that they are uh, that we're gonna listen we we. We got to own this, all right. We put the product on the field. Uh, we put our autograph on it, coaches and players all together, and uh, you know we're going to have to live with it. Uh, but our job is to to get it fixed and get it corrected and, and not let it happen again. Coach, there's no position you know better than than defensive back. You invested your first round pick in DJ Hayden. He was part of three of those uh, touchdowns that I can recall off the top of my head. What? What does DJ? Where does DJ Hayden need to improve at this point? Well, listen. There, there's no doubt about DJ had a tough day, uh, but but you haven't played corner in the National Football League unless you've gone through a day like that, uh, mm-hmm. because it it happens to uh, it's happened to all all of them, the best of the best. Uh, and it's really not about how it happens; it's about how you respond when it does. And, and DJ's a young player that uh, that we're counting on. We still got a lot of faith in him. I, I know he's still got a bright future in this league. He's going to be a really good player, uh, but he's got to he's got to continue to grow. Uh, and and unfortunately, in this league, you got to grow up fast. 
and uh, he'll come back to work on Wednesday, and and uh, we'll work to improve on the things that we didn't do as well, and, and he'll continue to get better. But he's got to he's got to be fine. Uh, but but there's some growing pains that we're going through with him right now. We've seen the struggles of DJ Aiden, but what have you seen? Tell Raider fans what have you seen in the corner that you say, that you say you know what this is what we liked about the guy, and this is why he will be successful. Well, I tell you, you know, I think. Uh, well, number one, uh, I know he's got the heart of a lion because you don't go through the things that he's been through uh, without without having some survival instinct and without having some toughness. So that's one of the things that, that I look at and, and, and know that this guy, uh, he's going to be a great player for us. Uh, I think he's got exceptional speed. I think he's got exceptional quickness. Uh, I think he's got really good ball skills. Uh, I think he's that's those are some of the things that uh that he has and and I think though I think he's got to I think he's got to let those things come out. Uh you know right now I think he's got to um you know he he needs to he needs to make a play and develop the confidence so that he can go out and do the things that we're asking him to do because he's got the ability. Look, there was nobody even halfway decent on the defense. I don't give a shit who you were. You name a guy and nothing happened. Our defensive line sucked couldn't get to him when we did we couldn't get him down and by then I mean they have a dynamic runner like I said (laughs) McCoy is the real fucking McCoy and we found out why so I don't know really what happened but I know that we were exposed to the long ball and I expect that we're going to suffer that the rest of this year but, man, from a defense that was ranked in the top 10, I'm sure it went down to the bottom 20. I mean, uh, unbelievable. <laughs> and to stand there and watch it. Look, the stadium was empty in the third quarter. This game was 49-13 to because the last seven points um, were just garbage points. Garbage. Uh the law, the yardage was garbage. Don't give me stats. Bullshit. You know, Terrell Pryor threw for so many yards. Well, sure, man, because at the half, they won the game. This, this team isn't built to come back. It's not. We don't have the wide receivers for it. We certainly don't have the running backs for it or the offensive line. We are a shambles of an offense. We sputter. We get, you know, we get close, red zone, and then we... You know, we blow it. That's what it is. It is what it is. Better than I thought we were going to be in preseason and in the camp for sure. Let me just say that again. This was an epic failure of the defense, and it exposes our weaknesses uh, big time. So, well, I just hope we can win another game this year. I know that that sounds doom and gloom, man, but it's a real deal, man. Teams that find out that you're a paper tiger, pretty soon they're lighting that paper on fire and you're uh, running to the, the nearest shitter to jump in. Trust me. So this game blew ass. It was terrible for the home fans and all those people who traveled, other than the freaking Eagle fans, but all the Raider fans that traveled from shit, Australia, London. I mean, come on, Essex. Come on, man. You got to put a product on the field that at least competes. But the Raiders rolled over. They've spread their butt cheeks and said, 
Come on in. Come on in, baby. And boy, the, the Eagles sure did. And they didn't leave anything behind. Trust me. I'm going to leave this game behind because it sucked ass to be at the home field and be embarrassed. And here is the worst part. I'll save it to the end is hearing the Eagle fans, which there were plenty there, chanting E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles, in my motherfucking house. And that is all I have to say about that. The Oakland Raiders traveled to New York City to face the G-Men. Boy, this is a hell of a contest. I'm going to tell you why. Start spreading the news. I'm leaving today. So just looking at New York Giants, their history, their recent history with Coach Tom Coughlin, which I like, by the way. This team has sucked. I mean... They've, they've looked like buffoons and then won two Super Bowls doing it. This is a very deceptive organization, and the team is the same way. It's Super Freak City. Names like Eli Manning, Andre Brown, who's coming back after an injury, and he's no joke. John Beeson, Jason Pierre-Paul, Entre Roll, Jason Tuck. The list goes on. These are Super Bowl caliber players that we're playing in New York. This is no joke. They're coming off a bye week, and they won two games in a row. And these Giants aren't screwing around, man. They don't care about throwing out insults to other teams. They're calling out the Raiders already. You better bring your A game, is what's tweeted out by Jason Pierre-Paul. And the Raiders better read their goddamn A game. Because this team is not a team to be trifled with. The offense, you know, Hakeem Nix is no joke, probably one of the best wide receivers in the league. We got Elaine Manning, who can be so hot and hit guys with just a razor, razor pass. You know, he's not a runner, but he's a hell of an arm, and he's got some folks back after this bye week to get the ball to. This contest is no walk in the park and it's one of our more difficult games this season. And looky here, man, I'm telling you, even if we would have beat the Eagles, even if we would have won that game uh, by any amount of points, for crying out loud, the Giants pummeled the Eagles with Michael Vick. And don't give me this shit about Nick Foles is better than Michael Vick. I ain't buying it. I'll tell you this, man. I knew that this was going to be a tough game before this flop last Sunday. And now I'm feeling very uneasy about this contest. Yes, the same old coach speak you hear all the time. Well, we better. It's how we bounce back. It's not. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's how you coach and how you get DJ frickin' Hayden some help. Eli Manning is going to chew the shit out of Hayden. If he finds a, a, a <laughs> he's proven it time again, time and again. Hayden better bring his A game because I'll tell you right now, between their running back, which just got back, uh, Mr. Brown, he has something to prove, uh, and Eli Manning and Nick, uh, let me tell you, the, the Giants are making a push for the division. 
They are not kidding around, and they're bringing their A game, and they're telling the Raiders, you better make that trip and bring it, because if you don't, you're going to go home uh, with diapers, and I'm not kidding about that either. The Raiders better put a respectable game on the field. That's all I really look at now. I'm looking at, you know, back to where I was. Yes, I was had some high hopes. You know, maybe a contest for the second spot in the division, maybe a playoff. Forget it. Forget it. This team showed last week that it is no way ready for such a push. No freaking way. Let's hope that the Raiders can play a decent game, at least put up a fight, and not bend over and open up their ass to get rammed by the New York Giants. It is possible that that could occur. But I'm hoping that the coaching staff doesn't take, you know, take the week off like they did last week and uh, forget that the Giants are an up-and-coming team in all phases and uh, we can beat them. I'm, don't get me wrong. But the way our performance was, I mean, I just don't see it. I don't see it. I just don't see it. They're going to have to show me, baby. Show me. And that is all I have to say about that. All right, it's time for the bone line. Like I said, it's off the chain. I love the Raider Nation. Um, win or lose, we got some great, passionate, and incredible callers. So check that out, www.RaiderNationPodcast.com. Check that out. Randy does a lot of work to make sure you get all the news you could possibly want or not want on the Raiders. So check that out. So let's just go to our first caller. This is going to be epic because of this game. Unfrickin' believable. Well, our first caller is Raider John from Seattle. Now, Raider John is pretty mellow. I mean, I wish I had this kind of patience, but he's exhibiting uh, the patience that we're all going to have to have, I guess. What's up, John? Raider John from Seattle. What's up? All right. First of all, I'd just like to say um, I've been saying this all year long. I didn't say I predicted it, but I told you guys, if you take a look at everything, if you really are a fan of the team and watch the games, which sometimes I watch two and three times, thanks to the new um, NFL uh, game rewind, I, I work on Sundays, and so fuck effort, i got to make some money. But um, I watch the games afterwards. I mean, I try to listen. But basically, if you take a look at what they're doing, and that was including last year, I mean, we were uh, evaluating talent, looking over there, and then get, getting rid of all the excess garbage, seeing who we need to keep. We're doing the same thing there uh, this year, and um, and I think we've done a good job with a little bit of nothing. If Terrell Pryor had the same team that the Denver Broncos had, I know for a fact we'd win the Super Bowl. Now, he's made some mistakes, and his, his uh, willingness and desire to extend the play and not ever give up on it is also going to be one of his biggest downfalls. Hopefully he can mature and give up on it, like he said in the Kansas City game, that he um, it wasn't on him. Eight of the sacks were, I mean, wasn't on the offensive line. Eight of the sacks were on him, um, which is true. But um, he needs to learn how to throw the ball away. You know, he needs to mix a little bit of Alex Smith with a little bit of Kellen Kaepernick or Ben Roethlisberger, and um, and I think we're just going to be fine. 
I mean, we're building a team. We have a great system. Our coach is playing very well, and um, our future is very bright. Um, McKenzie's done a good job. I don't know how we're going to keep the coaches. Hopefully they're all able to stay, and hopefully people don't come pillage our stuff. But um, good job, man. Good job. Let's keep on developing those players. And uh, go Raiders. Well, I don't know about Terrell Pryor. The jury's still out for me. A lot of still, a lot of mistakes. But, hey, he's a work in progress, and at least he's willing to do the job. So we'll see. As far as the coaching goes, the jury's still out there too. I mean, I'm not worried about anybody taking anybody yet because I haven't seen anything yet. So uh, I got to look and see to the end of the year. Then we'll be able to get a better picture on how this team is go- doing. But for now, it's a big question mark still, uh, just like at the beginning of the season. Thanks for the call, brother. And our next caller, my very good friend, Keith Smith, the Crusader Raider. And let me tell you, man, he has got the rep going on there in London. He has the Raider pad going down. I mean, it's beautiful. He is truly a great guy and a great fan. Check it out. Hello Raider Nation, this is Keith Smith, the Crusader Raider, calling you from the tailgate against the Eagles game, and I'm here with my good friend... Deanne Ramirez. And Deanne, it's, it's great that we're back here in, in Oakland, but where did, we, where did we last meet? We met in London in August. And, and did you have a good time in London? Ah, Crusader Raider and Crossbones Kelly are the best tour guides ever. And uh, what, what do you think about the Raiders coming to London next year? We're so excited, cannot wait! And, and we're going to paint the town silver and black? Absolutely, with a little bit of red, because we're going to have to kill whoever the opponent is. Dolphins, right? Dolphin red. Dolphin blood red. Now, we've got to be a little bit careful there, because my younger daughter, Kerry, is a Dolphins fan. She, she wants to go to the stadium with us, but I've told her no way. She can go with her mother and her, her godfather, but uh, me and Crossbones and Deanna and Renee and all the other Raiders actually are going to be in our black hold together, which is going to be really great. So, obviously, if you were putting a message out to people who, who have never been to London, what would you say to them about coming to the game or, or coming to London? I would say that London is the perfect European introduction. If you, if you can go, definitely go. And with your other daughter, I think we could put her on a leash, a dolphin leash. That'll work. I'll feed her fish for a week and go... She'll be all right. She'll be all right. We'll get her done. Okay, anyway, this is Keith Smith, the Crusader Raider at the Eagles tailgate, and, and I'm out, and this is... Deanne Ramirez, season ticket holder. Go Raiders! Well, now it looks like the Crusader Raider is thrown down to gauntlet on the Raider Nation. That's right. The Raiders are playing in London. Get ready. Save some money. Put your ass on a plane and get over there and represent, man. Let the mainstream media know how well the Raider Nation travels, man, because I know there's going to be a shitload of silver and black up in the house. I'm loving it. It'll be a great time. And London, come on, man, once in a lifetime, you know you got your old lady telling you to go now. She don't want you to come to Oakland, but she is sure as shit wouldn't mind going to London and let you go see the game. So all you people stuck out there, get on a plane, get to London, It'll be epic. It'll go down in history. I'm telling you right now. Thanks, Keith. You are a true host of the Raider Nation. And next, a very strong Raider fan repping up there at Salem, Oregon, my very good brother, Raider Grant. Man, I love your calls, bro. What's up? 
what's up, Raider Nation? This is Raider Grant up here in Salem, Oregon. Just want to say, uh, you know, it's 14-3. This is the only game I really wanted to win on the season. You know, I wanted to pee at this game, but, you know, due to unfortunate circumstances, I could not attend. But other than that, uh, number one draft pick, DJ Hayden. Sucking dog. This year's draft was a bust. I don't mean to be a hater, but Dude, come on, man. I hope his uh, game comes to fruition, you know, sometime next season because this year he's getting burnt like toast. Anyways, hopefully the Raiders can turn this around. Go Raiders. That's exactly what we were feeling up in the stands. You know, it's funny. I told my wife before the snap, the first snap of the game, I go, you know, this Foles kid, he's a big, strong quarterback. He could give us some trouble. Full show. Well, man, I don't need to say any more. You know what happened. For sure. And next is Raider Steve from Pittsburgh. And you know that there's going to be a lot of green walking around the streets over there. Brother, I am feeling your pain. What's going on, Raider Greg, Raider Randy? This is Raider Steve from Pittsburgh. I'm sitting here watching the first half of this goddamn Eagles game, and I'm shaking my fucking head. DJ Hayden needs to be on the fucking bench. He sucks. He's got no awareness. Like, I'm mad we even wasted the first-round pick on this guy, man. He looks lost out there. Like, he, he has made no impact on this team. Hell, Phillip Adams can play better than him. The guy sucks. Like, uh, I can't believe it. And the fucking play calling, the conservative play calling on defense, Nick Foles is out there reading a the fucking book. Or newspaper. He has all day to throw the fucking ball. How long do they think the coverage is supposed to hold up? If they don't start blitzing his ass, this game's going to get real ugly out here. Real ugly out here. The second half, they better start blitzing his ass, man. Because if not, we're going to get blown the fuck out. Well, that's all I got to say. Raider Nation, I'm out. This is Raider Steve. Trust me, Steve. Every single member of the Raider Nation was feeling that sinking fucked up feeling that we were going to get our ass handed to us and yes we did thanks for the call brother and next we have a very good caller man i love this guy uh let me tell you pennsylvania raider having a beer you should have had a shot too you might have had a couple by the end of the game (laughs) what's up man Yo, what up, Nation? This is Pennsylvania Raider, just uh, chilling, having a Heineken in uh, my house. Man, if there was one game I wanted to win all season, it was this one. I don't care if we went 1-15. This was the game. I had a huge get-together at my house. Uh, my wife's family came over, all Eagle fans. And, of course, my boy uh, Raider Chris came over, uh, along with the, his girl, Tanya Raider, uh, who was smoking hot, by the way. Uh, you know, that's that's just how my boy rolls. You know, he don't settle for second best. So shout out to Raider Chris and uh, Raider Tanya. Uh, and, man, you know, all game, I, I just had to hear my wife and all of her family just just going over, like, the, the – how eagles are and oh man it was fucking terrible and 
now I'm going to have to hear this bullshit for the next three to four years about how the Eagles kicked our ass and this, that, and the other thing, man. DJ Hayden, um, you can go fuck yourself. Um, uh, first round pick, you, you single-handedly cost us 14 points. Uh, uh, getting smoked all over the field. Fucking cut this guy tomorrow. Just cut him. He, 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 first round pick. He's not even a seventh round pick. This guy getting smoked all over the field. Cooper had a field day on us, but, uh, yeah, man, this is, uh, man, this is tough. This is a tough loss. All these Eagle fans, my wife breaking my balls, her family breaking my balls. This is going to hurt for a long, long time. Uh, but hey, man, glad to see that uh, Matt McGloin got in the game. Scranton native, you know, homeboy. Uh, he, you know, b- 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 believe it or not, his mother is actually a florist, and she did me and my wife's wedding, you know, when uh, we got married. But, uh, yeah, but anyway, um, you know, man, yeah, just a uh, tough loss, man. We better pull out a win next week. This, this game just sucked. Just piss-poor play calling and everything else. I'm not going to get into it. I'm just drunk and pissed off, and i got to be up in like six hours for work. But anyway, um, yeah, man, let's try to get a win next week. This is Pennsylvania Raider, and as my boy Raider Chris would say, I am out like that fat girl in dodgeball. First of all, yo, 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 Raider Chris. Nice to see you're hanging with some, well, nice action, as we all found out. And there you go, Raider Nation. Here is a fan stuck in enemy territory with his wife wearing the mean green and all his in-laws just working him for that entire game. That is torture, and that's the kind of bullshit that I don't expect from this Raider team. At least fight a little bit. But no, yes, my friend, they bent over and spread their ass for the Eagles. And I am so sorry that you will have to have your balls busted for some time to come, brother. Thanks for the call. Our next caller is a very special caller, man. I love this guy. I always have from the very first call. Very passionate man. Very solid silver and black representative in the East. My good brother. C-Money, what is up? Yo, 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 what's going on, man? It's your boy C-Money calling from the East Coast. Uh, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, my brothers, man, I love you. What's up, fellas? I told you, man, that if the Raiders won more than three games, I would call the phone line and apologize. You know what I'm saying? I think they're going to win more than three games. So I'm I'm calling the phone line, you know what I'm saying, to apologize. So, uh, But I got to get something off my chest, man. I want to elaborate on something Raider Greg uh, touched on on the last podcast. Um, Raider Greg, I got to give you props, brother. You, you hit it right on the fucking head, man. Jacoby Ford, he fucking sucks. He's got to go. Get rid of that motherfucker. He almost cost us the game last week. As far as Bryce Butler, he's a rookie. First-year receiver. Give him time. He might come around. He's, you know, that's, that's expected from a guy like that. But I want to say something about today's performance against the fucking Eagles. That was atrocious. I mean, fucking atrocious. That fucking performance was fucking unreal. 
here is a team that's got basically a rookie quarterback in Terrell Pryor. And you know I love the fucking guy. I've been rooting for him for fucking three years now. He's basically a rookie. He hasn't started, in, you know, except with the exception of last year, last game of the season. This is his first full season. So he's basically a rookie quarterback. Okay. These guys could have went 500 today. 500. Four and four. And what they chose to do was lay an egg at home at the Coliseum. Now, if you ask me, I think they could have won. I think they could have beat the Eagles. Matter of fact, I really believe that score should have been in reverse. I think they should have fucking blew out Philadelphia. But the problem doesn't lie there. The problem lies with the fucking head coach. Here's the problem. This guy is not a fucking head coach. We have to get rid of him. He is not a fucking head coach. He's a fucking defensive coordinator. He is not a head coach. We have to get rid of the motherfucker and get rid of his fucking goma pile goofy ass mouth. Because if we don't, if we don't, and we keep this guy going into next season, there's no telling what Reggie McKenzie might pull out of his ass. Here's my plan. This is what I believe, Raider Greg. This is what we should fucking do to this guy. Fire his fucking ass out. Go to press conference. Tell him, listen, this isn't working out. Get him the fuck out of there. You go and hire John Gruden. John Gruden's dying to come back to be the Raiders coach. Six and ten season, maybe even seven and nine. You bring in Gruden, next year we're in the playoffs. That's all they got to do. The problem is the head coach. The problem isn't the players. Because up until now, up until today's game against the fucking Eagles, the fucking defense played fucking spectacular these first six games of the season. They played fucking, the first six, seven games of the season, they played exceptional with the exception of today. So I would say get rid of that motherfucker, bring in John Gruden, bring in his staff, and I guarantee you by next season we're in the playoffs. Gruden, Gruden will have us in the playoffs next year. As a matter of fact, you guys out in Oakland should hold a fucking one of those petitions to get Gruden back, to fire fucking Allen and get Gruden back. Have a petition. Have every fucking person in the Oakland Alameda fucking area sign a petition. See how many people want John Gruden back and to get fucking Allen's ass out, that goofy Goma pile looking motherfucker out. That that needs to get done. That's first and foremost. You do that, that's cutting the fucking head off the snake. That's what we got to do. Get rid of the fucking coach, bring in John Gruden. And with that being said, my time is up. I know I'm way over the motherfucking limit, but I got to go. This is your boy, C-Money. I'm hoping the fucking Raiders do exactly what I, what I ask. It's something I'm praying on. Raider Greg, Raider Randy, my brothers. Yo, I'll be talking to y'all cats soon, man, and just keep your head up, man, because we don't want to see no motherfucking seagulls in the stands, yo. I'm out. Peace. Gomer Pyle. Wow. I never thought about it, but now that I think about it. Surprise, surprise, surprise. <laughs> you're right on the money, man. <laughs> I don't know about Alan. I got my... I got my whole skepticism about this whole staff. So I'm uh, not the coaching staff as much as like Reggie and Allen. I'm not sure uh, either of these guys. And and trust me, man, if it gets down to the end of the season, the buffoonery continues. Uh, you know, honestly, I don't think no one's going to do no moves until at the end of next season if we don't get this train on the tracks, if you know what I mean. We all are just riding on the train, brother. We're just hoping that they go in the right direction. I love your calls, man. Keep them coming. The passion is killer. 
Uh, and you are the man in the East. Thank you, brother. And next, my very good brother from Bakersfield, Raider Jaime. And listen, man, this guy is always positive. And, uh, well, the, it hurt him, too, as much as it did the rest of us. What's up, my man? Raider Nation. This is Jaime Conrad, Bakersfield. Dude, you know what, man? If it wasn't for my daughter, I'd be going fucking crazy right now. But regardless, dude, it fucking hurts. I can't fucking believe this shit. You know what? One minute we're talking, you know, we're talking up the, you know, talking up the world for this, for the defense and stuff. And next thing, they fucking, they fucking drop a big old shit bomb on us, man. Dude, DJ Hayden, I think you're right, bro. This, this kid, I don't know what the fuck's the problem, but... He need, they need to put his ass on the bench because, you know, it's, it's obvious that his head is not all in it. And um, they need to get his ass out. Lucas Nix, that guy, if you look up on the stats, he's like the worst fucking lineman in the fucking NFL. That fucker shouldn't be fucking playing another snap. McFadden, dude, we need... Fuck, it just goes on, brother. But I just can't believe this shit. And plus, the media don't help the fucking media fucking adding fuel to the fire, you know, talking about, you know, it's going to be fucking easy for the Ra you know, the Raiders, they should take advantage of this. You know, fucking Chip Kelly, he's that kind of motherfucker, he's that kind of, that kind of coach, man. He's he's that college rah, 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 he'll, he'll play that, he'll play into that, and he'll, he'll feed that to his team, like, you know, build some motivation going into the game, and he, use, he uses that kind of shit to fuel his team, and that shit don't fucking help any. But, you know, and then fucking Greg Olson, this dude, by now, he should have already had a handle on offense. And this guy, I don't know, man. He's just, he's just tough. One crapper after another, bro. You know, this is, sometimes it gets it's frustrating, man. Just seeing this shit, you know, and then fucking the media just fucking laughing. all They're like fucking vultures, just circling, just waiting for us to fucking make a mistake. And look, just read the fucking, read the, read all the headlines, they're all fucking making fun of us, man. It ain't. It is fucked up. I don't even want to look at the fucking anything, man. It's, I'm fucking just pissed. Like I said, if it wasn't for my daughter, I'd probably be crazy right now. But anyways, man, um, I just hope the shit turns around somehow, man. But you know what, man? I oh man, I seriously don't know, man. This this thing's got to get it's got to get better, bro. I mean, can't get any worse. Fuck this fucking seven eight touchdown was that fucking record breaking for Foley's man. Can't get any worse, can it? But anyways, you know what, this, this shit, you know, luckily it's, it's a building season and, you know, next year we got that cap money and stuff and let's just see what happens, bro. But right now I'm fucking just pissed. You know, this thing's got to get better, man. It's got to get turned around. I'm out. We feel you, brother. We all feel you. DJ Hayden, I've, I've been saying it since they picked him. What? That was my reaction during the draft and, well... Here we go. So let's just hope that he gets better. I mean, that's all we can do because every single team has thrown the ball on him and got the reception, by the way, every game. And they leave him out there and keep Adams on the bench. I think that's some bullshit. And uh, DMC, last season with Oakland, we don't even need to say his name again. McFadden is gone. He's out. Good riddance, goodbye. We can just watch him on another team uh, go crazy and make all kinds of plays. But uh, he's finished in Oakland. Faux show. It'll get better. Hopefully, we got to sit and watch, man, like I said. 
Thanks for the call. And next, you must love this man because everybody else does. My good brother, that's so funny. Oh, money man has spoken. Radar. What is up, my man? Yeah, this is money man has spoken. Radar. Oh, ready, Greg, ready, Greg. You already know. I'm not pleased. I'm not pleased, man. What the fuck happened today? What was that bullshit that went down in the black hole? Where our defense go, man? Our defense look like pretty shit. Bullshit, man. 49 points. Philadelphia really took it easy on us today. Jason Tarver, what the fuck happened? You throw the F, you sign, and then the Eagles come out and just say F us. I, I just can't believe, man. I'm still in a state of shock. I just knew this was a game that we would easily win. And we made some plays on offense, but our defense from the beginning never even did anything. Didn't make a play. They just ran up and down the field. And DJ Hayden, you already know what I've been saying about his sorry ass. And Riley Cooper, the biggest racist of all, treated DJ like a bitch. I guess Riley must have told DJ, hey, today your name is Toby because he sure beat him like a slave. I'm like, this is absolutely ridiculous that our defense sat there and laid an egg like that, starting with DJ. I've been saying for the longest, get his ass off the field, but they won't do it. They keep running him out there. And you saw the results once again, and boy, were they ugly. It's going to take a while for me to get over this one, but our little slim playoff hopes we had, they over with, man. That bullshit over. You know we ain't going to go to the East Coast and win shit. We'll go there and get power drive by the Giants. We'll get hammered by the Jets. Our season's over with, so I ain't going to worry about it. We ain't going to beat Houston either. We got to go there in case Keenum putting the show on. But, hey, I'm going to let you go. I got to get some rest. Because after this bullshit, I need, I need more than that, but I'm going to try to do that for now. And in saying that, Ray Grid, I'm out. Well, that is the profound wisdom that is. Money Man has spoken. Raider. I love your calls, bro. I mean, I just love them. Great insight. Oh, gosh. And from the Midwest, we have my good brother. Nebraska Reader. Raider Greg, Raider Randy, this is Nebraska Raider calling in, and I'm going to keep this short and simple because our defense was short and simple this uh, this game against the Eagles. Where the fuck was it? Was it on the sideline? I didn't see any fucking defense. It was horrible. And, uh... <laughs> Can you believe I was actually excited for this game? Are you fucking kidding me? Well, you know what? Um, this, you know, the Raiders—they're—they're they're up and down, man. They—they—they they, they, they build your spirits up with a win, and then they just uh, drop you flat on the floor. Uh, trying to not keep this too negative. I mean, we did score. We did score 20 points. Oh my goodness. 20 points is about as much as we can score throughout the whole season in a game. So um, 
our offense is keeping up, but uh, uh, our defense just laid it flat on this on this game. And uh, you know, what last thing I gotta say is, fuck a duck and call me Nancy. Go Raiders. Peace, Raider Nation. Raider love. I'm out. Well, there you go. Um, he said it right. I mean, this team brings you way up and then slaps you down on the floor on your face. <laughs> There's no easy letdowns here in the Raider Nation. That is a fact. Thanks for the call, brother. And our next caller is Raider Mystic. Up there in Bend, Oregon, who is actually the original born, which is the Bend, Oregon Raider Nation. Let me tell you, man, they got a good club up there, and they're rocking it out. And he is the reason for the whole thing, man. Good dude. Uh, Nice music, too. So check out his video on YouTube and iTunes. Uh, Check it out. But anyway, Raider Mystic. Raider Greg, Raider Randy, it's Raider Mystic. Wow, what a fucking good game, huh? I can't believe we did. I mean, the Eagles did so good. That was epic. Congratulations. Anyways, yeah, what a crap fest. But, uh... You know that that uh, receiver for the Eagles that caught all those touchdown passes, man. He did have a nice mullet. I'll give that to him. He had a really nice mullet. Looked like a rock star. He probably looked pretty good as a Raider. So maybe one day, you know. Hey, you never know. Anyways, the thing that came out of this game for me personally, which I thought was really fucking cool, was a connection with the Raider Nation podcast in Bend, Oregon. You know, we got the crew up here, the Bend, Oregon Raider Nation. And a couple of the members, a couple of the guys I just met, say that they heard about our crew and about us through your podcast because they are also diehard Raider fans that have been listening to the Raider Nation podcast for years. And they heard me on your show previously and I thought that was pretty fucking cool so I just wanted to let you know about that full circle all the way up here in the middle of Boat Token Backwood Oregon uh we had a we had some Raider fan connection that uh is now connected thanks to uh your podcast anyways next week positive we're going to play the Giants I feel good. They'll regroup after throwing up a shit storm. You know, they'll regroup. We'll be back. The silver and black. We never retreat. We always attack. Go Raiders. I'm out. That was a very nice way to put it, brother. Very nice. And thank you for the props. Of course, the Raider Nation is wide, and there's a lot of people in it. And I'm just glad uh, we're out here throwing it out there for you guys. And that you can do it too, man. You can get on the bone line and let it rip. I love it. Raider Mystic, true Raider Nation, doing it up there in Bend, Oregon. Uh, Great guy. Great club. So if you're up there and you're up there when there is a game, 
Give them a call. They'll set you straight, partner. And next we have the Raiders guy from East Lansing, Michigan. What is happening, brother? I know it's getting chilly up there. Hey, Raider Greg. This is uh, the Raiders guy of East Lansing. Uh, last time I called was probably about a year and a half, two years ago. Um, I listen to every podcast, but I don't call. But this time I can't sit back anymore. I just want to say that Terrell Pryor, I know everybody loves him and he's you know, playing really well, but this read option quarterback thing is a huge loop, just like the Wildcat offense was. You know, eventually people are going to figure out how to stop it and we're going to be dead in the water. So, you know, it's working temporarily and he's having a lot of, a lot of success and that's great, you know, for us, but we need to start thinking about the future. And this loss, you know, with the Eagles was just completely embarrassing. And, I mean, I don't want us to tank, but I think we should draft Teddy. He's a great quarterback, but I think that the Jaguars are going to take him. And the other thing that's just really frustrating to me, and I'm pulling out my hair, is, you know, just like draft. I know that, you know, you're not going to hit always. We've had so many busts. It's like, when are we going to finally get a hit, you know, and build our team around the draft? And like look what like the Seahawks did the last you know five years, and it's just just making me pull my hair out because uh, Menelik Watson I, has he even played. Has he? I don't know. I mean, every time I check, he's always hurt. He has an ankle. He has a knee. He has an undisclosed illness. I mean, come on. I mean, that looks like a big miss. So and DJ Hayden, my God, I, I'm at a loss of words right now. I don't even know what to say about that. Anyways. Um, I hope everything's going well. I'll see you later. That was a great call, man, because I have to agree. You have to build through the draft, and I was looking forward to actually offensive or defensive line in this draft. I was 100% sure. Nope. DJ Hayden. And then Menelik Watson. One year of college, man. One year. What is it good that you take out of a game like that? You know, Menelik Watson getting into the game and actually um, – for the first time playing in a National Football League game, I thought he did some good things. There's there's some things that we can build with, uh, with him. So, uh, yeah, there, there's 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 some good things that that we can build on. I don't know, man. Reggie McKenzie, as far as a expert at picking talent, so far it's more like a wah 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 list of guys that aren't quite there and may never be there. And if there's a good quarterback and we're up there in that top five, man, we better take it and see what happens after that because we're going to need one. And the always so mysterious but never delirious Raiders 1375 is up in the house. What's happening, man? Raider Greg, Raider Greg, Raider Greg, Raider Greg. This is his uh, Raider thirteen seventy five. I'm calling to let you know, man. I, I'm just disgusted, man. This is this is absolutely just disgusting. I, I think I threw up after the game. Where's Dennis Allen and Greg Olson leading us? To? Where, where are they leading us to? And I mean, Jason Tarvis looked like a genius up until this point. Yesterday, he looked like a little kid. In the corner with a dunce cap on his head. I don't understand what's going on. Is it are we falling apart? Are we regressing? Are we going backwards? What is the deal with this? This is crazy. Philadelphia? 
I mean, they just they just lost, right, to a team that barely have any any wins at all. It is it's crazy. What is this, man? I know Mark Davis got some part of Al Davis in him left. I know he got he had to. Have. I mean, me when I was around the organization, I knew uh, what kind of guy Al Davis was, and he was a man that wouldn't tolerate anything like this. A loss like this, somebody here would co- would, would would definitely get cut off. It'd be head rolling all over the place. As a matter of fact, this is like uh, I mean, ridiculous. What happened to the 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 offensive plays? I mean, we're not getting. We weren't. We still at after all of that, we still were not utilizing all of our offensive weapons. We still weren't doing it. You know, you have receivers dropping the ball, not catching it, deflecting, uh, intercepting. In my Terrell Pryor didn't have any interceptions in that game. That was all on the receivers. It was ridiculous. Then McFadden goes down again. I mean, much respect to McFadden. Hey, I love him, man. He's a great athlete. But I think it is time to – and, and I, I, this this means a lot, Ray Greg, for me to say that it's time for McFadden to move on, and I think it's the truth. And I really – this it, it's, it's only so much you can blame on the line. Now then it, it becomes, you know, the athlete's fault. And this is this is on him. He's not able to stay in the game athletically anymore. Rashard Jennings came in and took over. He had a he had a hell of a game. So I hats off to him. Um and you know, I, I really just I don't understand. It looks like that we kinda just really just falling apart. You know, a team like Philadelphia coming in the home. I mean, we can if we lost on road I can kind of, I could have kind of taken that a little better, but at home and a blowout, absolutely unacceptable, totally unacceptable. Raider Greg, I really don't know what to to diagnose for us. I think, uh, you know, I know this is a rebuilding year. I am a patient man. I'm pretty sure Mark Davis is way more patient than, than his father was. But all in all, uh, a loss is a loss, but a loss like this. It's totally embarrassing. It just feels like a, a, a stepchild getting beaten, put into the basement type of punishment. It's just I couldn't. I, I just I couldn't even bear to watch the rest of the game. It was ridiculous. But I I stomached through it. You know, I stomached through it because you know, win, lose, or tie, I'm ready till I die. It's just how it is, man. And I just I really don't know. So I, I guess we know exactly where we at now because we pretty much got exposed. But. Um, I really just I, – I don't have any analogy of the game. All I saw was just a bunch of unproduction, a bunch of blown assignments, a bunch of – and back coverage. And didn't I say that if Terrell Pryor didn't get any kind of help soon on that line, pretty pretty soon he was going to get hurt. And I pray to God it's not serious because uh, we need him for next season. But um, it's it's pretty much bad. It's pretty bad. I really don't have that much to say this time, Ray Greg. I really, I'm really upset. Um, Jason Tarver, shake it off, come back, man, with a better, stronger plan. Dennis Allen, learn how to readjust. Greg Olson, same thing, learn how to readjust and come with some better, some better plays, man, better play calling. You know, it's it's just ridiculous, man. I I, I did like what I see saw with uh, Matt McLaurin. He came in and he started using receivers a little better, started using the tight ends a little better. I want to see that out of Terrell Pryor. But I guess, you know, he, he's rushed so so much, he really don't have time to to get rid of the ball. And he's getting a little confused at times, too. You know, they kind of running him in the corner, you know, and it's kind of making him revert, you know. And I, I hate to see that because he's such a great athlete. But 
With that, Raider Greg, I tap out. Sir King 75, I'm tipping my crown. And Raider Greg, you got to let him know, man. You got to talk to Mark, man. If anybody can talk to him, you can, man. I'm out. Yeah, well, you know, it's time for DMC to go. I thought last year they should have traded him for a draft pick. The guy hasn't been healthy since he started here. Bursts here and there, good games here and there, but just enough to keep that carrot in front of you and not get it because he just don't get it and he's out and I'm happy for it. The draft blew this year. I got to give him a D on this draft so far. I'm not seeing anything that's really worth a shit. And, uh, well, you know, I don't think he trusts Terrell Pryor to throw the ball. That's why the McGloin playbook is different. I mean, I don't know why it should be different because, I mean, he, he you know, they're garbage yards. I, I'm not going to put anything into McGloin's performance because they weren't even trying to play anymore. So if, I'm sure if they would have been trying, he would have had a shitty day too. That last uh, touchdown was some bullshit anyway. Yeah, man, I don't know about Mark Davis. I know he is certainly not his father, and there's nothing being said from his side of the world. I'm not liking that. I think he's got to come out and say something. I mean, shit, the people who are putting money in his pocket need to hear something. Thanks for the call, brother. And next we have my good brother, Rada Malik from Tucson. Hey, this guy's got some good knowledge, man. Check it out. Greg, Raider Randy, this is Raider Malik from Tucson, uh, calling about uh, the debacle Philadelphia. We all were there. We all saw it. Horrible. I'm hoping this game was just an anomaly. Uh, too many negatives to go over. Um, seven touchdowns, unfucking believable I mean, I literally walked out of the room for five minutes and came back, and it seemed like they scored two touchdowns. Uh, Nick Foles, very good in college. I watched him his whole career down here in Tucson. No way in hell, seven touchdowns should have come off of that guy. Uh, the defense, they looked lost. Arnold was just taking a big step back. Uh, Tarver was looking like, you know, a defensive coach god for a while there. Right now they they look like they're they're kind of in shambles. Um, I'm hoping that they get things together this week, I'm trying to be positive. Uh, I was a little uh, sad to see. McFadden on the sideline, and the sideline reporter, you know, asking the coaching staff what's up with that. He's sitting on the sideline, no helmet on. Um, they just kept giving the same story that he wasn't hurt, which didn't make any damn sense. She asked him multiple times, and they kept saying he wasn't hurt. Meanwhile, Rashad Jennings comes in. All of a sudden, there's this passion in the backfield. I don't know where that was coming from. I don't know if it was the defense that Philadelphia was playing or what, but, damn, the guy was just, just pounding the ball, man. I mean, where was this at? And, you know, it was kind of disturbing as well to see how late in the game, you know, in a blowout, all of a sudden the offense decides to start really throwing the ball to the receiving core. And, you know, for the first time all season, the, the receivers were getting the ball, um, getting the ball consistently, moving the ball down the field, just too little too late, you know. But, um, damn, I mean, I don't know what else to say. I'm just trying to move past this shit. I'm really upset that, you know, they had a chance to go back to 500. They took a big step back, but um, whew, we're just going to take it one game at a time, man. I'm just shooting for 500, you know, see what happens. And, uh, damn, hard to even talk about, I'll tell you. <laughs> but, uh, 
yo, still on that shit, on the bandwagon. Got to keep it positive, got to keep moving on. Uh, Terrell Pryor, hope he, uh, he's fine. He's supposedly back at practice. Um, I don't know if the, the issue was with his knee, but um, they got to give that guy more time, man. Every time he went back, it seemed like he was getting his ass hit. But I'm um, looking forward to the next game. Go Raiders. Dude, the entire defense from the second touchdown was shocked, and they never recovered. They all looked like they were in shock, and they were all sitting around with their heads down. I can't stand that shit because it just tells the whole story. Yeah, I think really when you look at that game, it, you know, kind of, I mean, bulls down. We can't, we can't allow the ball to get over our head. And uh, when you do that, that when you do those things, it, um, it's demoralizing to the, to the, you know, not only the defense but really the whole football team. So we got to get that corrected. Tells the whole story about this fucking team and where we were this ugly green day. Thank you for the call, man. I don't know what we're gonna do. I know we got to do something. But DJ Hayden, they got to put Adams in his place if we want to win any more games. They got to stop trying to train this kid on the backs of the fans. That's some bullshit. Thanks for the call, my brother. Well, Raider Nation, that is it for the show. We travel to New York and face the G-Men. And they ain't no joke. So let's just hope... <laughs> Let's just hope we play a game. I just hope we play. I just am, I just can't even take another ass reaming like last week. Let's hope the Raiders can come and play, at least put up some, some kind of fight in New York. With that, I am Raider Greg, and I am out. Out.